Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 988. Stay awake while you drive because I tend to be very sleepy and once I get sleepy, it's, that's it. And I did end up in a ditch once. What you need to do is never just focus on what you see ahead. Go one, two, three turns ahead. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Maggie Styes and Roberto Sicconi. Maggie, Roberto, are you two buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, yes, yes we, we are. are. All right. Here we go. Dr. Maggie Styes and Dr. Roberto Sicconi are with Telelingo and LingoFit. Roberto is the founder and CTO of Telelingo, and Maggie is the founder and CEO. LingoFit is their new B2B technology company that develops proprietary IP software that utilizes machine vision and artificial intelligence to act as your co-pilot and safety system while you're driving. Recognized as a leader in the use of disruptive technologies and creative business models, Roberto is working to enhance mobility and quality of life, and Maggie is an accomplished technologist with a focus on passion for intelligent conversational machines. The focus at LingoFit is putting attention back in the driver's seat. Think of LingoFit as someone who's watching your driving behavior and alerting you to potential problems. That's something a lot of people on the road could use these days. So Maggie and Roberto, I've told our listeners just a tiny little bit about you two and your vast knowledge in uh, in all this technology. Could you each take a moment and share a little bit more about this new business and your very obvious passion for automobiles? And since we're gentlemen here on Cars yeah, we'll always start with Maggie. Thank you very much for uh, this uh, wonderful introduction, Mark. We're delighted to be here and talk about our passion, which is around the cars. So the Telelingo was really born out of this passion that we both have. And for me in particular, when I first came to the U.S. and got my very first car here in the 90s, I thought that I was the only person that was talking to my car. This is way beyond <laughs> there was speech in the car. Well, uh-huh. now I find out that this is a community of car conversationalists. So in that vein, you know, back then it was a dream for me to have a car tell me where I should go, tell me directions, for example, before GPS was, was common. Mm-hmm. And that dream kind of came uh, to fruition in the next decade. But I still talk to my car. I had uh, bigger dreams and I see a car as a companion. So this idea of LingaFit being a co-pilot or companion, it was very compelling for me. Uh, Absolutely. Now, real briefly, Maggie, you mentioned you came here from somewhere. Where's your background? Where did you, where were you born? Where did you live? I was born in Poland. I'm Polish. I was brought up in Africa, Nigeria, then went through actually three countries. But I came to the U.S. straight from England. And that's where actually I had my life was full of bicycles. So sorry to say I didn't own a a car until I was probably in my late 20s until I came to the U.S. And then I, I figured out there is nowhere you can really go. At a bike. Yeah, Living yes. in Westchester <laughs> County, you need to have a, a car, you need to learn, and you need to learn directions as well. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Very interesting. Well, how about you, Roberto? How do you fit into this picture of lingo fit? 
Well, it's a long story. Um, I worked for IBM in uh, R&D, both the research and development uh, for longer than you want to uh, hear. <laughs> but I was lucky enough uh, to deal with uh, very interesting technologies, feature recognition, image processing, video processing, uh, high-speed communications. Uh, I went into all kinds of mobility-related issues. I 96, I remember IBM had a special partnership with the GM. We started working together on the first network vehicle that was uh, sort of predicting where uh, we are now, uh, but uh, 20, 30 years earlier almost. And, uh, and then <clears throat> as I uh, transferred to the States uh, and worked for IBM Research here, I pushed uh, enough uh, to convince uh, man management to let me uh, lead uh, the, the partnership with uh, leading manufacturers in Japan and in uh, Europe to work on uh, speech-capable uh, interfaces in the car to enable essentially conversational capabilities uh, for infotainment and navigation systems. And then in my last stint at IBM, I worked on uh, Watson. I was a program director there. And I got a passion for AI and how AI can be used uh, to improve uh, the uh, effectiveness and the usability of interfaces between machines and uh, uh, users. And that's where Wutelingo came about. Uh, we decided that time had come. We wanted to use uh, and deploy uh, AI capabilities uh, down to uh, mobile devices like phones and make that available to everybody in any conditions, including in the car. You know, this is very interesting. And Watson, now Watson, was that the computer they used on Jeopardy? Yes. Yeah, as a matter oh, okay. of fact, that's exactly when I was uh, leading the team, yes. Very cool, very cool. Well, it, you know, this is all stuff that we take for granted now. I mean, walk into my house and I say, Alexa, play me a song. And she's probably going to start playing. I'm going to quiet her down now. Or Siri, call so-and-so. Or And for the young folks these days, they just take this for granted. But this is all really new stuff. And we're going to learn a lot more about this as we continue on your journey for you two. But first... I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So we'll start with you, Maggie. Take the wheel. Okay. Uh, so very quick quote from me. Fortune favors the prepared mind. I really believe that, in a way, for me, my entire life uh, was a preparation for what I'm doing now. So being in a startup world is probably the toughest task yet. But I believe that through learning, listening, observing, thinking I was getting ready and I'm still getting ready, you know, to take that next step. So be prepared, uh, constantly improve yourself. I would say that would be my mantra and inspirational quote. I love that. How about you, Roberto? Well, one of my favorites is um, stay hungry, stay foolish. Uh, Steve Jobs uh, said yes. that, that a long time ago. I, as, as a matter of fact, uh, before joining IBM, I was in a, what you would call, call, a, call now startup uh, and I loved it. I loved uh, having essentially no resources available and then yet uh, challenging, uh, take a challenging tasks uh, and bring them to com completion. Uh, it was extremely satisfying. Of course, a very uh, challenging for myself, but I, I could see how, especially if you're young and you, you look at the world, uh, how you carve out a position for yourself, a role for yourself, and you have impossible goals to achieve. And when you do, uh, it's uh, extremely fulfilling. When you're in a corporation, you're part of a much larger team. And then politics becomes a important part of your life. Uh, but you lose a little bit of that uh, freedom that they have. Yeah. At the same time, uh, I also realized that as you start making a career in, uh, in a corporate, uh, you lose a little bit the sense of uh, feeling hungry every day. 
and being a little crazy and, and force yourself to think uh, out of the box uh, and see how things could be done differently, even if you don't have uh, many resources available. So that sense of uh, staying hungry, I think, is extremely important if you want to be innovative and uh, staying foolish, not uh, just adhere to the rules, uh, uh, abide by the uh, the rules that you're given uh, and just to think differently and come up with something very special. That I think is extremely important if you want to success in life. Well, it sounds like with both of those mantras, those thought processes, you guys have combined for a great team together to create this new uh, development of software that you're doing. Let's go back in time a little bit and talk about a moment in time that instigated your individual passions for automobiles. And I know, Maggie, you touched on the idea of coming to the U.S. and realizing I can't get around on a bicycle anymore. It's a little easier in England. Um, I'm going to start talking to my car. So uh, maybe you can touch on that and then we'll jump into Roberto's story. Uh, well, yeah. So I came from the bike world. Even when I was growing up back uh, in Poland or uh, in Africa, it was basically bicycles. I had lots of bicycles as a graduate student for five years in England. Cambridge was a place where actually bikes ruled. So I know this may sound like blasphemy on this this show, but this is an environment <laughs> where I came out of. And then coming to the US, I realized how important it was to be proficient in, in driving well and driving long distances. Driving long distances to work also start, you know, made me think that it would really be cool to have a learning companion in the car. You know, so the car is not just your body and it's going to warn you when of, of dangers, but it's going to teach you things like maybe new words and foreign languages you want to pick up in those 300 plus hours that you, you drive yeah. to work, your commute time, which I felt was such a waste. So oh, yeah. I will defer the passionate story about cars to Roberto. There you go. Roberto. I was uh, born in Italy, and uh, as most of, uh, I would say, all Italian kids, uh, I loved the idea of having uh, my own car uh, very, very early on. When I was uh, four, I discovered that my grandfather managed to make a car, a three-wheeler for his son, who was my uncle, and uh, I, I couldn't wait uh, to have a chance to test it out. Uh, it was uh, sort of a homemade uh, car, but with a regular gas engine, and I was dreaming of having my own. When I was seven, I remember I went to an entertainment park, and they had electric cars, and I couldn't believe that I could drive my own car for the first time. It was amazing for me. And then later, uh, before I had uh, the age to get a driver's license, I started driving around scooters. When I was 15, I remember I drove 14 hours uh, to Cortina in the mountains, <laughs> And uh, my motorcycle was only 50cc with two horsepower. I oh, could, not, could not <laughs> handle the pass. So the last yeah. uh, part, I had to push the, the bike. It was loaded with my tent and everything. <laughs> Everybody driving by was looking at me with, uh, I guess, some sense of compassion. Yeah. <laughs> but I made it. Uh, I made it all the way to the top. And then downhill, I was exceeding uh, legal speeds for that uh, motorcycle. But uh, <laughs> what I had fun, had fun, fun memories. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, Italy, the land of some spectacular car marks, Ferrari, Lamborghini, right. Alfa Romeo. I mean, just some wonderful, sexy cars. So very cool. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you two have driven down. Now, you both come from very big corporate worlds and this you're now in this startup world, which can be fraught with ups and downs, huge challenges, uh, even some big failures along the way. So I'd love for you guys to share uh, maybe one of those that you've encountered so far that you've had to kind of work through. And the most important part of these things are the lessons they teach us. So walk us through something and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum. And we'll start with Maggie. 
Okay, so having come from a corporate world myself, and probably most of my career uh, so far has uh, been with IBM, which was a fabulous place to gain a lot of knowledge, learn, but it was a big corporate environment. So coming to a startup, the biggest challenge I think for me was, okay, now I don't have an army of lawyers behind me. I, I don't have account, <laughs> another army of accountants and all these you know, finance guys on the side and people I can ask <laughs> a lot of yeah. questions to. Now I kind of have to, Roberto and I have to go at it uh, ourselves. So I think the biggest challenge, but also, you know, something that helped us learn through the journey was you have to learn to become maybe not as proficient as a lawyer, right? We don't have legal uh, degrees, but read up on it, find out as much as possible. So it was a a learning journey and definitely helped us uh, scope out and get out of our comfort zone, which I think is probably one other trait that we share. Was that one of the biggest challenges you faced was dealing with legal issues? I would say just in in general, you had to deal with everything, including, Mm. I mean, you have to be the janitor, the lawyer, the technology (laughs) director, the CEO at the same time. (laughs) So it's just your good old startup world. That that was a pretty big culture change and a challenge for us. Yeah. Wearing lots of hats. I always say that's why I have no hair left on my head. I wore too many hats in my previous career. And it rubbed all the hair off my head. So uh, how about you, Roberto? What's a big challenge you guys have faced in LingoFit so far? I would say uh, finding the right partners to invest in the company. I think uh, probably the biggest mistake we made was that you come from corporate world that you read about startups. So you think uh, you know what uh, that means. And then as you start uh, pitching your story and uh, what your expectations are, your plans, so you realize that the investors have uh, quite a different view of the whole business. (laughs) Yes, it's their money now. (laughs) Right. And I think uh, our mistake, or at least uh, speaking for myself, uh, my biggest mistake was take uh, a little longer to understand exactly what uh, investors were expecting out of us. Mm. So we we thought that uh, the story was kind of self-explaining. Uh, it didn't require a lot of uh, additional information from us. And uh, no, that's not exactly true. The reality is who we are, how we approach the problem, how we demonstrate uh, our control of uh, our future is extremely important, almost more than what uh, the product is about. I think it took us a little time to realize that and prepare for it and then change our presentation style, the way we were collecting information, uh, offering it to investors uh, to evaluate uh, financial plans, other things that we kind of uh, took for granted. Uh, the fact that uh, if you scale up, uh, you need to know where to go to get the additional funds. We kind of take, took for granted, again, because in corporate, uh, corporate world, you don't have to worry about that. There's other right. divisions that do that. That part, I think, was a big lessons learned. We feel much stronger now. Yeah, well, that's very valuable information both of you have shared there because it does sound pretty easy. You just come up with an idea, pitch it, people give you money, and you just go do it. Well, no, it's not even close to that easy. I love the fact that you shared those with us. Let's talk about an aha moment with this business. Was there a key moment, as you recall it, that you went, yes, that is what we need to do? How about you, Maggie? We definitely had the aha moment, and we we started actually one and a half, two and a half years ago with a an app that was more or less a conversational app. So talking to the car, kind of you know along the lines I've been <laughs> telling you about. This was very compelling for me. But then we realized that we can only entertain or teach the person while they're driving, maybe for for hours, when we know they're in the safe zone. 
We don't want to distract them further. We want to keep them definitely alert and awake. But how do we detect that they're in the safe zone? So safety was the need for safety, which is kind of obvious, became the aha moment and actually a pivot for our our business where we decided to focus on the distracted and drowsy driving prevention aspect of our business Ah, first. Yes. And that was a big pivot moment and also an aha moment for us. Yeah, very cool. In a few minutes, I'm going to have you guys go in a little more in depth about what LingoFit is, what it can do, what it will do, how it helps people. But first, let's go back in time a little bit and talk about that first really special car. I know, Maggie, you talked about bikes, but I know when you came to the U.S., you realized there's a lot of land here to cover. You got to drive a car or you'll never get to where you're going. So let's start with you. What was your first really special car? And maybe share one quick memory you have about that vehicle. Okay. This is not going to be a very cool car, but my, my absolutely most favorite car was a Honda Element, which was a red Honda Element I got when my daughter was very little. And we shared so many rides in it. It was a fun car to drive. It was spacious. If I needed to carry some extra piece of furniture, whatever, it was an easy car to drive around. And it was a fun, cute-looking car. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very user-friendly, that's for sure. Roberto, how about you, my Italian friend? Yeah, well, think in perspective. I was a 19. I couldn't wait to have my own car. Of course, I couldn't afford one. My father was not a passionate driver himself. He had a nice car with walls in the garage and nobody was allowed to use it. So I managed to convince my mother that uh, we needed a car uh, to to help her with the groceries. And uh, since she was not allowed to drive my father's car, I convinced them that it was time to buy a second car. And that happened to be a Fiat 128 Sport. Now, uh, anybody who knows the car knows that it's not designed for use uh, to to carry groceries. I mean, the trunk was small. (laughs) It was a tiny, sporty car. Yeah. But somehow I managed to convince them to buy a used one. And then I became uh, the uh, designated driver. So technically it was their car, but really it was my car. And my brother hated me for having been able to get this car and then (laughs) essentially be the the sole owner of it. I truly loved the car. It was a, a red coupe. It reminded me of the Dodger Challenger at mm-hmm. the time. Matter of fact, uh, to my surprise, uh, if I look at uh, how the Dodger Challenger changed over time, it got closer and closer to how the Fiat uh, 128 Sport looked like. Where, with the dual beams uh, in the front, uh, in the silhouette, uh, everything, it looked like the same. It, but it was small. It was that tiny. And I, I remember the time my friends uh, were telling me how to uh, tweak the engine to raise the po- horsepower from 75 to 160 horsepower <laughs> by replacing carburetors. And uh, I was uh, passionate about racing myself until my parents uh, f- uh, asked me to <laughs> promise that I would never get into a race car. <laughs> well, here's something I hear from this, Roberto, is you're very technologically savvy, very smart man. But you were also a marketer back when you were 19 to talk your mom into that little car as a grocery getter, quote unquote. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when it really wasn't. So see, you're taking some of that early marketing prowess and bringing it forward to lingo fit, which is oh so necessary to sell to not only investors, but end users and consumers. So, uh, yeah, those cars were, were made back in the like late sixties up to the mid eighties, I believe. And I think they were. Well, they were assembled all over the world. I know they were made in Italy, but of course mm-hmm. they were made in Argentina and other places around the world. But yeah, just a small little fun sporty car. Not super fast, but definitely uh, kind of better than just something all boring. Very cool. I like it. Well, how about seller's remorse? 
Uh, Roberto, is there a car you've owned that you've let go that you wish you could have back? Well, definitely this one, because oh, I, really? at some point okay. I had to go to the army and the car was already uh, over 10 years old. So it definitely, it wasn't going to survive much longer. Uh, especially back then, cars were not designed to last forever. I, I had to go to the army, so it made no point to keep it, and I had to sell it. And in retrospect, uh, if I had some, some room in, in, in the yard uh, or in the garage to keep it, I would love to have it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Maggie, how about you? Is there, or maybe I should ask you, is there a bike you let go? Cause I, you were so- I know. I hate to say, uh, say this, but I never cried when I, I saw and even my favorite car here. But I was very sad to let go of the, my very last bike back in Cambridge. It was my eighth bike. So the uh-huh. other seven were pretty much the old, really old, cheap bikes. <laughs> I finally you know, got enough money, saved enough money to get this absolutely beautiful mountain bike. It was brand new which was very unusual, definitely for me. I named it Speedy Gonzalez. Guess what? <laughs> I finished up my studies and I had to let it go. Actually, I didn't even sell it. It was so dear to my heart. I gave it to one of the kids that I really liked back in Cambridge. Oh. So I hope oh, he nice. still has it. Ah, uh, Speedy Gonzalez, still uh, cruising the uh, the walkways of Cambridge. That's a nice thought. I like that. Well, Let's talk about today. I would love for both of you to talk a little bit more about LingoFit, what this does, because I did a little study on you guys, looked at your website. Very, very interesting concept and very important, of course, is a way for your vehicle to have a device that keeps you awake, alert, reminds you when you might be doing things you shouldn't be doing from yawning to closing your eyes to looking at your phone to probably eating and drinking, whatever. Maggie, let's start with you. Explain to our listeners if you were pitching as a marketer, lingo fit to them. Why should I have this in my car along with all the other stuff I've got in my car? We truly believe we're on a mission to save lives here. Uh, and lingo fit is a device that would be a solution for distracted or drowsy driving. As we all know, distracted driving has been on the rise. People get in, and I hate to say this, especially young people get into their vehicles. They think they're already self-driving. And unfortunately, they do things like text and other things on, on their on their phones and they get into accidents. So number of accidents has been on the rise, constantly 14 percent. We came up with LingoFit to kind of solution and answer to this problem. I'll let Roberto uh, dig into the solution. Yes, I think there's uh, two parts to it. Uh, one is uh, a gentle or maybe not so gentle, depending on the situation, warning from a unit that behaves like a smart co-pilot and and passenger sitting next to you who is aware of what's going on and knows you and knows how you're reacting to things happening in front of you and knows when to speak up and call your attention if if that's needed. So you don't want to have any false uh, warnings, but when they come, they better be right in right on time. And the idea is to prevent accidents. I would say, unfortunately, as much as I love technology and what it can do to help you drive, uh, some of it uh, leads to some complacency. So you, you feel like the car is taking care of itself by monitoring the distance from the car before you, by staying in lane, uh, eventually by emergency braking, so you don't really need to pay to that much of attention. Uh, reality mm-hmm. is that you still have to be attentive, and those systems uh, tend to give you the illusion that you, you can spend your time doing something else. And the growing use of uh, cell phones is encouraging more people to take care of uh, text messages, uh, even do selfies and, and communicate with other people whilst driving, because driving has become so much easier, quote unquote. 
right. that if you look at the number of accidents, uh, it's definitely scary. And uh, all this technology is not uh, re- removing it. So we thought that this would be an interesting area to be in. And we got confirmation from uh, insurance companies uh, who were looking at uh, data coming from uh, OBD2 adapters, uh, mobile apps, uh, monitoring driver's status or driver uh, aggressiveness. Uh, we got confirmation that uh, the fact that uh, you are a fast driver does not mean that you're going to be an expensive uh, driver for the insurance company. As a matter of fact, uh, most of uh, the fast drivers uh, tend to be pretty attentive. And then if yes. they get into an accident, they try to minimize uh, the consequences of the accident. The really expensive uh, claims uh, come from uh, totaling the car that happened because the person wasn't even aware it was getting closer to an accident. And this happens to distracted drivers who may not uh, speed, may not uh, hardly accelerate, may not do hard braking, cornering, or anything of the sort. So there is uh, no warning. And the insurance company has no idea who these guys are who are going to total a car uh, seconds later. So there's an interest in having this kind of feedback, but uh, that's why I'm saying this is this, the dual aspect. The first one that we want to introduce is a warning for people, make sure that uh, they are always attentive, at least attentive enough, and have a non-judgmental system that does it, like uh, an intelligent companion would be. Well, watching your video, what was intriguing to me was you had a video there where it was watching your eyes, mm-hmm. your mouth. What I learned from that is obviously some obvious things. If you, are your eyes closing? Are you falling asleep? Are you not keeping your eyes forward enough? Are you always looking down at something or picking up your phone? Mm -hmm. Are you yawning a lot, which would indicate you're tired? Are your breathing is changing? I mean, all these different things that somebody sitting next to you could go, hey, honey, are you okay? You look a little tired Mm -hmm. or you're kind of wandering around a little bit in the lane. Whereas this device will do that. And I could see where especially for distracted drivers, younger drivers, uh, not as talented drivers, truckers, long range truck drivers. This could be a huge, huge benefit without being massively intrusive. Correct. In the broader sense of what you would like to see with LingoFit, do you see this as in the future being something that's adapted into every new car that people buy? Or is it something that they buy and attach almost like a radar detector or an external navigation device or a phone or something? I think there's going to be a similar adoption to what happened with the personal navigation devices. They started becoming popular at the beginning of the 2000s. Uh, TomTom, Garmin, uh, other companies uh, made a fortune out of it before navigation systems uh, became a part of uh, the dashboard. We see the same happening here. So you want to uh, retrofit your existing car with a device that helps you avoid uh, costly and dangerous uh, uh, accidents. And in the future, those capabilities will be embedded into cars. So there's going to be a transition from today's cars to future cars. And we would like to make sure that uh, we are on top of it. And at some point, we can license technology to tier one uh, in car manufacturers directly. If anything, even if you think of self-driving vehicles, they require the driver to be supervising the operation of the self-driving vehicle. And uh, Mm. self-driving vehicles will not uh, drive all the time. So there will be transitions which are recognized as uh, one of the dangerous uh, phases uh, that uh, the systems are not uh, handling correctly yet. Mm. So there are situations where the car needs to transfer control back to you, the driver, and you in the meantime uh, fell asleep. And so the car needs to know that not only your eyes are open again and your hands are on the steering wheel, but your mind is uh, ready to take over a challenging task like driving. You know, that's a very interesting piece of this puzzle, too, with self-driving cars, autonomous cars, and then switching back and forth. I know some of the new Cadillacs have that technology. I mm-hmm. follow some friends on Facebook that say, well, this morning I tried this new Cadillac and it drove all the way from here to here without me touching the steering wheel. And yeah, you could get a little complacent and start to doze off or focus on your breakfast. It shouldn't be in your lap, but it is. 
or whatever that might be. So this is absolutely fantastic. And I'll remind our listeners that I will put links to your website on Maggie and Roberto's show notes page. So you can go and check this out. You can watch the video that I've talked about. I think you'll find this very, very interesting and intriguing and uh, something that I'm sure in the future we will all have as part of our lives to make these things that we drive around a lot safer. Thank you. Here's a, you're welcome. Here's a very introspective question for both of you. It gets a little into who you are. Start with you, Maggie. If Maggie was a car, what would she be and why? Okay, I'm definitely the Beetle, the newer American version. Nice. Uh, and it's got to be convertible. Why? Okay. Because it's non-pretentious. I do tend to think out of the box and I'm flexible. And I also love flowers, especially sunflowers. And I heard that the uh, American version of the, the Beetle comes in with a flower holder. So I would put a sunflower <laughs> in there. Nice. I like that. Very well thought through. How about you, Roberto? I like in particular the Alfa Romeo Giulia Quadrifoglio, uh, the latest edition. One of the reasons is that it's a stylish, it's a sports car really, but it looks like a regular sedan uh, without bragging too much about the capabilities. If you push it on a Nürburgring, you can do incredible things. So right. I, I like something that has the capabilities. It doesn't show off, but uh, has the, <laughs> and, uh, and offers a safe riding. Besides, uh, Alfa Romeo was based uh, close to Milan, where I was born. And so Alfa and Giulia, for me, are you know, kind of second nature. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I love Alfa Romeo. I love everything Italian. It's just some wonderful designs and wonderful cars coming out of Italy for a long, long time. Well, Maggie, Roberto, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, this is Mark Green. I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school, way back in 1975. But Covercraft has much more to offer than just vehicle covers. This time of year is very hard on your vehicle's interiors. Rain, snow, dirt. And mud gets into the carpet and the seats, grinding away and destroying the original materials. It's important to preserve and protect your special ride with cover craft floor mats and seat covers. That's what I do. They offer a wide variety of styles, colors, and materials, all designed to fit like a glove. They're easy to install and provide for anchor points and airbags for safety and a perfect fit. Protecting your vehicle adds value when you go to sell it, too. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me, and your vehicle will thank you as well. That's Covercraft.com, and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. 
Okay, Maggie and Roberto, we're back and we're entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. And we'll always start, of course, with Maggie first. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Uh, so mine is very basic. Stay awake while you drive because I can yes. be very sleepy. And once I get sleepy, it's, that's it. And I did end up in a ditch once. That's kind of my basic advice. I defer it to Roberto. 15 years ago or so, um, I remember I was invited by BMW to test the new the, the new SUV that they just brought, the X5. They just brought oh, to yeah. the States. Uh-huh. And it, it was winter. Uh, they created a track in New Jersey next to the airport with uh, all the snow. And they wanted to showcase how the car handles the snow. And I remember we were all divided in small teams and we asked to compete. And one of our instructors uh, turned out to be, she was a tiny lady. Uh, she looked very harmless, but she happened to be a professional NASCAR racer. And I uh, remember she drove us around in the car and I was amazed by how she was pushing this car around. I took it to heart and she told me, actually not just me, uh, all the people in the car, uh, what you need to do is never just to focus on what you see ahead. Go one, two, three turns ahead. And then build that uh, picture in your mind so that you're ready for them uh, as you go along. I, I applied her suggestions and I managed to win the race. And so <laughs> definitely. There worked. you go. I've been to racing school, got a racing license, and I raced vintage cars for a decade or so. And that was something they always talked about is head up, looking way ahead. And that's yep. why you see these chain reaction rear enders that happen on freeways when the traffic stops. Because that one guy is not looking two cars up. He's only looking right at the bumper in front of him. And by the time he has to apply the brakes, it's way too late. And that causes the guy behind him and behind him. So absolutely. And obviously, uh, Maggie, this new device you guys are working on would have solved the ending up in the ditch problem for you with sleep. My father fell asleep at the wheel once and thankfully didn't die nor kill anybody. But his car went across a median, rolled many times and ended up in a ditch. Yeah, he was hurt. And uh, yeah, and it was from a very long weekend of working and he should Mm -hmm. not have been driving home. It's uh, we've all had that feeling in a car like, oh, I can just make Mm -hmm. it. I've got a few Mm -hmm. more miles. Bad thing to do. Now, how about um, one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your successes? How about you, Maggie? Okay, I think I'm a pretty patient person. I persevere a lot, maybe even stubborn or pig-headed. I don't know, but it did help me in, in many situations in life. So I do recommend. All great uh, attributes of an entrepreneur, by the way. Yes. Yes. How about you, Roberto? Yeah, I think uh, perseverance is also one of my strengths. Uh, yeah. You have ups and downs in your career and your project and all situations. And you'll, uh, even in, in when you feel like, uh, okay, there's no way out, uh, you, you, you want to continue and, and push yourself and, and find a, an, another solution. And, and that's extremely rewarding. Absolutely. Now, if I can arrange for you guys to sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? The founder of Tesla. <laughs> oh, ah, Elon, that guy that just launched. The day we're recording this, he just launched another rocket this morning. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would love to have him on this show, but try to get any of his time. Good luck. I'll get him one day, but uh, yeah, Elon Musk would be cool. How about you, Roberto? Oh, my uh, my favorite would be Gilles Villeneuve. Oh, yeah. He was an yeah. amazing driver uh, coming from snowmobiles, uh, coming straight to Ferrari. 
I think he was the craziest driver ever. Uh, he was called the Aviator because uh, every other f- a race uh, he was flying the air with his Formula One car. Yeah. But I admired the, his spirit. I mean, he he would never give up. I remember uh, one Monte Carlo a race uh, where he he would draw for laps uh, on uh, on three wheels uh, because of one. Uh, yes. Uh, car was, one was. Uh, then, yeah. Another time yeah. he had uh, the the spoiler in the front uh, uh, move uh, a front he couldn't even see the <laughs> the road yeah. anymore. He was driving with that. I really liked the spirit. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't last long, but uh, I guess that's yeah. part of it. Uh, we lost accident. him in that terrible accident, but oh, man, he was a thrill to watch. I still go back and watch those old videos of him racing. I mean, that guy was on the edge, yeah. very much like an Ayrton Senna in many ways, I yes. think, uh, driving styles. But he was he was on another level. I'm sure that's why the old man Ferrari liked him so much, because uh, he just he only cared about winning. Now, how about a book? Is there a book that each of you would like to recommend to our listeners? Sure. So the book I would like to recommend is The Longevity Economy by Joseph Cohen. He's the uh, director of the MIT Age Lab, and it really speaks to the unlocking of the world's fastest growing, most misunderstood market, which I guess we're slowly getting into. Older people, but very geeky, very techy, and also how that would affect the auto industry. Roberto. Uh, I have another book to recommend, and that's uh, The Age of Spiritual Machines by Raymond Kurzweil. It's a crazy book. It has uh, very long-term predictions on uh, where humanity is going to go. Some of them actually turn out to be pretty accurate uh, 20 years later. The advent of AI, as we see it uh, today, is actually a good indication of some of the predictions Ray had uh, been coming true. And, And some of the predictions are scary. When you think about uh, reimplanting your brains to transfer your content uh, to computers, uh, getting in, yeah. enhanced capabilities, but it's something that uh, is very thought-provoking in whether it's going to happen or not. At least it makes people think of uh, what the AI can bring and how it should be handled. So I think it's a very yeah. good book. Yeah, artificial intelligence is a scary thought for some people, and I think Hollywood, of course, has taken it to extreme levels to scare the heck out of all of us, but... Uh, So many wonderful things can come out of that. So two great books you two have recommended. I appreciate that. Now, remind our listeners you can find all these great resources at CarsYeah.com on Maggie and Roberto's show notes page. Just type Maggie and Roberto into the search bar and that page will pop right up. All right. We are up to the last question. It's a real doozy. I'm going to buy each of you. Got to buy two cars today. Holy cow. I'm going to buy each of you. A really cool collector car. This is something fun, a toy, but I want you to enjoy it and drive it. So don't think of it as a daily driver, something for the weekend. But money's no object today. I'm your investor. I've got a big, giant check, and I'm going to write it as big as you'd like. So, Maggie, what's the car going to be? All right. So I'm getting the collector version of a Ferrari, and I'll give it to Roberto to drive. (laughs) Well, that's nice. Now, do you have any thoughts on which Ferrari? Because that left a big, wide, gapping door open. Which one would you like? I have one on my shelf here that uh, Maggie's probably thinking of, and that's a Ferrari F50. Oh, okay. Which uh, it definitely is a car that stands out and makes uh, people turn their heads to. And it's definitely not a car for grocery shopping. (laughs) Well, only if you're trying to convince your parents. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But I, I really admired uh, the styling, um, the fact that Ferrari came up with this uh, pretty much a Formula One like a car on, on the road. And I loved uh, the shape. I, loved, uh, I mean, of course, I never managed to uh, ride uh, to drive one. But if you can buy one, me one, I uh, would be delighted. 
Let's see. So it sounds like I'm going to have to buy matching Ferrari F50s. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be – this will be your, your new corporate car, of course. Um, now, is that going to be a traditional red for you guys? And we'll let Roberto make this decision. Or maybe Maggie, whoever wants to decide. Or I can buy uh, them in each different colors. We, we both have our favorite color, and it's red. Yes. So we agree on that. Concur. I love it. I love it. Ferrari Red. All right. Well, Maggie, Roberta, you have taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed learning more about LingoFit and you two. What a wonderful partnership you have going there. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Car Show listeners. Could each of you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the roadway in those Ferrari F50s? Maggie. Okay. So I would uh, simply repeat what I said before. Listen. Always listen to people around you, observe, look at the actions, not just the words. Constantly try to improve yourself. Think, think, think. Be ready, be prepared. Nice. Roberto? Well, we are working towards uh, making our little product uh, successful. We hope that um, you will uh, enjoy the benefits of having something that reminds you of how to enjoy driving all the time without uh, taking any chances. Uh, uh, We think that the most important thing is freedom. Uh, Mobility is a big part of it. Most important thing we think we can offer is provide informed uh, um, feedback so that they can have informed choices on wherever you go, wherever you go, and however you want to drive. So whenever anything happens, uh, you are informed about it, you make your own choice, but it's your choice. Nice, nice. Now, how can our listeners learn more about LingoFit? We have a website. It's lingofit.ai. We'll take you directly to our website. So we would welcome any comments, suggestions. The contact information is right there. We also have a LinkedIn page. Yeah. And uh, we will uh, soon add also a blogging section to the site that we would like to collect the feedback, information, questions, uh, ideas uh, from uh, users uh, who like to, to work with us on making this uh, uh, a reality. Absolutely spectacular. Well, listeners, again, I'll make sure you can find all these links. On Maggie and Roberto's show notes page, just go to carsyad.com, type their names in the search bar, Maggie and Roberto, and that page will pop up. I think this is a very, very cool technology that is something very, very needed to make things safer for all of us on the road. Not only those of us who are great drivers, like most of the Carsia audience out there, but uh, also people that maybe aren't paying as much attention. I really love the fact of what you're coming up with, and I'm so happy to share it with the Cars yeah audience. Thank you for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars yeah audience. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you both down the road. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Mark. Thank you so much for having us. You're welcome. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, FINRA SIPC. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up. 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!